That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Hey everyone, Dr. Dave here. As you probably know, this podcast is all about getting the word out there that naturopathic medicine has got some serious game. Educating and inspiring our listeners to work towards and achieve better health is what it's all about. But just like it takes energy and effort to invest in and strive towards greater health, it takes energy, effort, and financial support to do all the podcast things necessary to keep this message coming at you. So please afford me a moment to share our gratitude and give a real heartfelt thank you to our show sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Their patient focus vision of improving health outcomes with the use of high quality naturopathic doctor designed supplements is 100% in alignment with what we're trying to do here at the podcast. Their enthusiasm for supporting what we're trying to do for you, the listener, encourages us to keep producing content that will inform and inspire. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Okay, welcome to another episode of that naturopathic podcast. Dr. David Miller, ND here. Who's Who am I talking to? talking to dr michelle pobega yeah. also another naturopath the two amigos at it again yeah mm-hmm. what are you up to what are you up to I, i'm good i was out sunning myself today before this got got nice. a little vitamin d on the skin and nourish those skin cells so i thought nice. i'd take advantage um it was a beautiful day so i was like i had to do it nice yeah we yep. need to we need to get out in the sun yes yes we recharge. We recharge in the sun. It's part of the human existence. But I think I have the the best tan I've ever had this year, and that's not saying much for those <laughs> who can see me. But it's the best I can do. Okay. You look you look <laughs> lovely, Dave. I like Thank to you. just say that when I get a sun sun tan, I just look healthier because nice. I'm a yeah. very fair person as well. And my my partner has been like working like a fiend doing landscaping outside, and he changes like a total. It's almost like he like changes into a totally different person when he's in the sun. Like his skin gets so brown so quickly. He's Filipino, and then he'll put his hand on like my leg or something like that while we're driving, and then the color of his hand in contrast to the whiteness of my leg with yeah. a tan. Yeah every year makes us laugh hysterically. Like, it's just, he's like, are you in the sun at all with me? Like, are you, is it, are you a figment of my imagination where we're in the sun together? I'm like, no, I swear I'm with you. I'm here. <laughs> well, let's, let's move on from hands-on thighs. Uh, we were, yeah. you know, it was, it was, we were talking about skin and yeah. tans, which is very appropriate. We did that again, you know, sometimes we do this good transition. So the transition today is we're going to talk skinsolin. Skins. <laughs> insulin yeah so skin related to insulin issues and uh i saw someone today with uh skin tags and i thought we should talk about this because i don't think we've um talked about it in the past and i'm i think this is a really really important one and maybe i'm too eager maybe i'm too excited i i can be 
I can be like that. But I'm like, everybody hyped, needs to know. Hyper-focused, exci- <laughs> uh, like, like excitedness. Well, the thing is, is you and I were discussing this before the recording is that we, I'm, I'm certain 12, 13, 14 years ago, we probably learned about this in passing in class at naturopathic college, but I don't feel it was really driven as one of those telltale signs of diabetes, insulin resistance, and just like being wary if someone has multiple skin tags, like you got to look into that further from a blood sugar regulation perspective. I don't feel that was ever drilled home. I feel like that's only been drilled home a little bit more in the last year for me, since I become more into like running insulin testing and stuff like that. I've become a little bit more cognizant of it. Yeah. I love, I love just like physical signs and symptoms that uh, are free to sort of observe and maybe they correlate nicely with labs or whatever that you do and signs and symptoms. And then you're like, boom, there we go. Yeah. Um, That's nice. So skin tags are one of those. And we're going to talk about three. Um, One, I can't pronounce properly. I'll let you pronounce the the one. I'll try. try. (laughs) But, But I would say for me, skin tags are the most reliable of these. So we'll start we'll maybe start with talking about skin tags and, and how I find them extremely reliable. I just found this, like I said, on another person today. And it's funny. She said, even, um, she said her husband had like cut, they froze, they iced them and then cut them off with a razor or something like, man, that would have looked bad if someone was just looking in the window as he had a razor by her neck. Um, but (laughs) But I found more. I found more skin tags on the abdomen when I'm doing a physical exam. Yes, people, physical exam, you find stuff like skin tags. Boom, I'm going to say it over and over. Physical exams are awesome. So skin yeah. tags. Skin you got, tags. You got insulin issues if you got skin tags. Yeah, they're just like these little weird, benign, abnormal growths. And if you have abnormal growth, you have to also, like if you have any kind of abnormal cellular growth, you have to ask why. And just this blood sugar feeding into growth factors, things like that. Yes. It's a sign. It's a sign. Yeah. It's and sign. you know, it, they are in and of them, I guess when we say they're benign, that's good. It's like, it's a great, I mean, word. in the sense that it's like non-cancerous according to yeah, the yeah, sense, exactly. but you still need to be like, that's still abnormal. So you're the growth and there's something that's driving that to happen. Just like assist in the kidney or assist in the liver or assist in, in your ovaries or assist in the follicle. There's a, there's always a driving force that's allowing that abnormal, abnormal cellular tissue production. And you always have to understand the why so you can kind of work backwards. Why is the body making this pedunculated skin tag? Good words, sir. <laughs> well played. Hey. <laughs> Acrocordon is is the nerdy term. Acrocordon yeah. or acrocordon. Acro. How about we just stick cordons. with skin tags? Skin yeah. tags. There you go. Um, another one which I often see with skin tags are usually in the same area, like the back of the neck, uh-huh. is acanthrosis nigrans, which is like that pig, darker pigmentation of the skin, and it's often in those like it's like brown to black, not always well-defined. It can almost like look velvety too. It almost has like a slight, I like a hint of a raised appearance from the regular skin. And it's typically found in like skin folds, like necks, armpits, elbows, groins around the navel. But I predominantly see it on the neck for a lot of people. And I'll often see it with skin tags. Yeah, cool. And again, both telling us, you know, in and of itself, acanthosis, nigricans, okay, whatever, not the 
not the end of the world, but mm -hmm. what is going on under the surface? So for this one, it says um, it results from a complex connection between insulin and insulin-like growth, growth factor receptors on your skin cells. And that's what causes this pigmentation and texture. I, yeah, that's cool. I, I, I seem to remember it having something to do with cortisol, or maybe I'm getting that wrong, but that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility, but don't uh, quote me on it. Um, but I wonder if maybe- Oh yeah, because it can be associated like Addison's with Addison's disease, certain, right? Yeah, I'm just seeing here Cushing, on, Maybe Cushing's? Yeah, I'm looking here on PubMed. Uh, it, it can also occur with hormone disorders with the use of certain medications like systemic glucocorticoids, and uh, oral contraceptives. So yeah, there's, well, there can be some influence there. That isn't necessarily surprising because when your body is releasing a lot of cortisol, it tends to mobilize sugars from your, from, from glycogen stores, right? Cause it, 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 it's, it's almost reacting as if your body's under a state of stress. So it needs to mobilize sugars. So you have energy to react to said stress. So then that might also then lead into insulin resistance and then IGF one being, you know, that kind of stuff that might be where the chain of command goes. Cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. Actually, Michelle, that's that we're going to add that as a fourth one. Cause I actually had us as doing skin tags, trigger finger and hydradenitis suppurativa. I was going to let you pronounce that one, but I think I got it. You got that one. Okay. <laughs> Hydra, Hydra, oh, hydradenitis, 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 different emphasis, maybe <laughs> suppurativa. Yeah. That one's an interesting one. You brought this one up. So you tell, you tell our lovely audience what you want to share about this one. Well, lovely audience. I just, I, I think I had to look it up one time just cause I had a patient with it and I was like, let's get to the root of what is going on. Mm -hmm. And it was another one of those ones where uh, I'm not as confident as you that we, we learned about skin tags in our naturopathic uh, training, which I think, I mean, these, these ones that we're talking about should be just like, you should just know them. Uh, this is another one I didn't know. So they're otherwise known as pylonidal cysts. So this, they're in this guy, they were, um, they're around the sacral area. Basically they're like probably more, I think more men get them with sweatier, hairier bottoms. Probably. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> probably worsened by being hot, like, like gen actually heat, um, and sweating. So Anyway, they're called pylonidal cysts and they're like these really nasty sort of abscess, super painful abscesses uh, in, in the sacral area in this guy, but they can be in other sort of cracks and folds. Yeah. Um, well, as, like, like, yeah. like, like hair follicles and sweat gland areas, right? Yeah. So like, I think that's a, that's a pretty good spot to get them. It does yeah. not sound pleasant. No, and they're super painful, I think. And uh, I again, I was like, okay, let's figure out what's going on. Because this guy had a few things. He had some, he actually had his parathyroid hormones removed. So like he, man, he was a, he was a beautiful mess. But so I was trying to find out if these were related, related to that. Yeah. It turns out he was also overweight. Um, and, and so when I did some research, it looked like uh, insulin, higher insulin. But again, the guy, I mean, he cramp up his his life was hard because he, his electrolytes were completely off. So he'd like, has, he, wouldn't blame him for reaching for some chips now and then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, maybe he didn't have the greatest diet 
um, but he did have some insulin resistance. Uh, yeah. And so that's what I, I told him, look, I don't love telling people about insulin resistance. I don't, I, it doesn't make me happy to tell people that uh, they have insulin resistance because a lot of it they have to do on their own and all that. So, but that's, them's the facts. Yeah. They're definitely a high incidence of, of this abscess and did you say 11% to 1%? No, that was for the trigger finger. Oh, moving on to trigger yeah. finger. Another one. And I wonder if the abscess is a big deal in the scarring is because a lot of times in diabetes, there's poor wound healing. So I think uh-huh. maybe even that because the blood sugars maybe allows for bacterial issues. So then it becomes an abscess affected. Like, I wonder if that's kind of like, I just yeah, like to yeah. try to think that way to be like, how is this happening? Well, there'll be multiple because, steps. I think what yeah. you're getting at is if you actually dissect it, there'll be multiple steps of dysfunction. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe we all get some, I mean, every, every tissue has a sort of, you know, life and then it sort of, you know, it, it has degrees of uh, health and all that. And so maybe we all get some sort of issues there, but because yeah. the pre-diabetic sort of insulin resistant people can't heal as fast now, the now, you know, the bugs come in faster and yeah, that sort of thing. I think um, that might be a, like, that might be a correlation as to why that's a more prevalent in insulin resistance. And, and then healing would be a bugger, like that's you said, because they just have a little bit delayed healing. Yeah. Um, so connective tissue, nice transition uh, again, Michelle into trigger finger. Yes. So statistically it says it's 11% more prevalent in those <clears throat> with diabetes versus be- not even 1%, but below 1% in non-diabetics to have trigger finger. So it's basically any kind of inflammation around the tendons of the fingers that become irritated. And then the tendon catches and you can't like, you can't bend or extend your fingers smoothly or fully. Is yeah. that the, would that be a good way of describing extend that? Extend is key. Yeah. So yeah. what, what you'll get is you can contract it, but then it won't, you'll, you'll right. kind of have to like help push it back to its original right it's like it's it's like constantly in like trigger like you're ready to pull the trigger on a gun it's always like a little bit like clenched yeah clenched uh flex let's go with flex yeah um and it's called tenosynovitis i think did did we uh yeah flex flexor tenosynovitis there okay so an itis so an inflammation flexor tells you where it's happening and and this is another one that i i just I remember like, I've had a couple of people, I was like, what's going on here? Like, what, why do you have this? And then I, I did research and found um, that it's related to insulin blood sugar issues. So whenever I see, like, if you saw someone with one or all four of these problems, you can be pretty sure there's some degree of insulin resistance going on. Yeah. I don't think you'd be surprised if they, ha- they have had a HOMA IR score that was a little bit elevated. If you ran some blood yeah. work, you'd be like, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I would not even run the HOMA IR if I saw like two, at least two of these, I'd be like, okay, let's just treat that. The thing is, is like, absolutely. But I think I would, because I find that when it comes to insulin resistance and diabetics and, 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 and type two diabetes, that requires a lot more responsibility on the client's care to, to work on their sleep, to work on their hydration, to work on their diet, to work on their lifestyle practices. And sometimes I find me just suggesting it and being like, no, it's this is less impact than them seeing lab results that are, that are creating some kind of concrete evidence for them to like drive it home. So I feel like I would still encourage people to do the lab work because I feel like that really helps solidify 
what I'm suggesting to people. Cause not everybody wants to believe that. Cause it's, it's, it's a lot easier to keep doing the same thing than make really, you know, radical responsibility for your health and make massive changes. So I find anything that helps corroborate my recommendations, I find goes a long way personally. Yeah. Are you saying you disagree with me? Let's fight. No, let's, no. let's cancel. I each don't other. disagree with you. I concur that these are like, if you have more than one of these signs and symptoms, yeah, there's like a 99.9% chance that you have like some insulin resistance and blood sugar issues. But what I do think is that for patient compliance, it's nice to have the lab works to validate it. Cause then it creates a little bit more concrete. I get what you're saying. Them, right. I get I'm what thinking you're saying. more on a, I, I'm, I'm thinking more on a patient compliance side rather than me being confident in my diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important. It's important in real life, real medicine. I think what's happening is my, uh, my, you know, parts of my life, not having enough money. I always, it colors everything I do. And I'm always trying to save a few bucks. Mm. And I no, I appreciate I'm just, that. I'm just, I'm just coming clean saying that there's been times where I didn't have tons of cash. I think it actually influences uh, things like this. But if I, I compare that to say it was a teaching hospital I worked at, we'd be running it for yeah. sure. No, you know? I appreciate that. The good news is, is doing even like a two hour insulin glucose challenge test is not that expensive. I think it's like a $30 yeah. test, $40, something like that. So it's not going to break the bank, but I also appreciate um, being mindful to, to, to cover costs where, where possible. Yeah. I just find for patient compliance, people like lab values, people like concrete data. They don't yeah. like me just suggesting you should go gluten-free because of the myriad of signs and symptoms that I told you about. They want yeah. to see it because they don't want to have to make that change if they don't have to. Right. And yeah. same with like any lifestyle changes. So I find that that would be my rationale, but I also yeah. try to meet where I meet the client where they're at. If they're like, I can't afford a lab exactly. test. I'm like, okay. Well then you got to do this. And exactly. I think this is going to be in your best interest. Right. So you know, I, you, I get it. You know what else would be good if people listen to this and then, <laughs> then they know, okay, I know. Maybe Guys, I don't just need listen to... to the podcast. We're a yeah. wealth of information. <laughs> we are, we are, well, we try. And, and I think, um, I think these are like so important that they should be really hammered home in uh naturopathic college in terms of the evaluation of the skin. And, you know, MSK, I guess, if you're going to include um, trigger finger in there. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Cool. Okay. Well, that was a short and sweet one, but I think super important. And I'm, I feel really good about talking about it. I'm glad that you feel good. I'm glad that you feel like, what's the word I'm looking for? You're just, you're, you feel complete from this. <laughs> I feel satisfied. Satisfied. Yes. That's a good one. Satisfied. I feel very satisfied. Okay. Good. I'm really happy to hear that Dave. I, I, I wish you nothing but satisfaction and joy in life. <laughs> Thank you. Or if you run into problems, meaning and purpose, if you can find meaning and purpose, that also is important. Getting, getting deep here. Right? Getting deep. Signing right at off the end. on a deep note. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Michelle, thanks for entertaining my, uh, ADHD sort of like enthusiasm to talk about skin tags and make it a little bit better by adding those few other things in. Appreciate it. My pleasure. It's my dream team. Hey, -o. okay. We'll catch you next week, guys. Bye everyone.